Blog Talk Radio.
they have a good deal both for the television and for this casino in Dothan. So there isn't, you know, they can't lose big money if they're wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of controlling costs, and it seems like they have that element under. I would also say, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you're certainly more of the expert on WrestleMania than I am, but it, from, from their inception, I always thought that their ambition was greatly outsized for what was possible, and now it seems like they just have kind of a more – attainable, realistic goal in mind. Is that true? Yeah. I think they've got it right-sized. No, I, I think they're, they're, they're realistic in what they're trying to do. Um, you know, they pay their talent reasonably well, but nothing outrageous. They bring people in, but they're fr- primarily drive-in people. They're not, they don't bring in fly-in people and, and, and blow the budget out of the water with stuff like that. Um, and, you know, you got to love those crazy stipulation matches. When was the last time you ever saw a guy get tired and feathered? A tar and feather stipulation. I, I'm thinking for me, it's been like 20 years since I saw a tar and feather. Yeah, at one point we were trying to set it up where when we did the cornerstone, where it was me and Dan and Jeff and uh, Carpenter, that we had done all of these terrible things to faces all at once. And it was all supposed to come back on us. So, you know, we cut off some of Johnny Danger's hair, and that paid off with me getting my hair cut. Um, that's supposed to be Jeff G. And we had tarred and feathered Quasi. And so it was supposed to, obviously, he was supposed to get payback, but it just, because of schedules and different things, it never worked out. So, yeah, I was actually glad to see that they had done it and had gotten the great pictures out of it. That's that's essential nowadays. You know, social media, you have to show people that you paid it off. And certainly that live crowd seemed nothing but thrilled. You just saw him surrounded by oh, people yeah, with I mean, phones taking pictures. It was great. Yeah, and I mean, for Judas to let the kids pour the tar over uh, Ryan North's head, I mean, I, Ryan North will, will do just about anything to get to get an angle over. I mean, he was he his face was pure black with that stuff. He was covered in that syrup before they applied the feathers. It, it was well, it, it was a real tar and feathering. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and they went and got the colored feathers. I like it. I, I yeah. like that they went to. They clearly they went to Michaels, right? They spent <laughs> they spent a little bit, and they're like, "What are we doing here?" And it's just like, "Oh, just get the." And the guy's like, "No, I think I want to get the. I think I want to get the multicolor pack." And I'm glad they went. I'm glad they went Skittles. I think it looked really great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the other thing I wanted to mention locally was they got a good story. Um, from the uh, Georgia world-class wrestling that you may have seen the guy they're using out of Florida. Who's an AIWF champion named Jimmy Mack. Yeah. I think is his name. Well, it turns out Jimmy Mack's uh, a legit dentist and he, he actually brings his dental gear, so to speak to the shows in case anybody has a problem. So um, Jimmy Oxendine uh, the, the the our renowned uh, yes. ring and cage guy who has been on the top one of the most important people in Georgia wrestling uh, lists that you've done. Um, oh told yeah. Him, you know he was ha- he was having trouble with his teeth and he he had some dentures that I don't know his dog got a hold of him or something chewed him up and he didn't have any dentures. So Jimmy Mack goes to his truck or his car and gets out his his case of gear and. Makes Jimmy Oxentank does does bowls for new dentures on the spot at the show. 
Wow, so he like molded him and he just did everything right on the Yeah, oh, yeah, that's so pretty so the, great. Yeah, so next show he's gonna bring back the finished product for him. So Nice. You know that yeah. I mean yeah. I really I really appreciate you giving up teeth for me, man. I just really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I oh, thought that Jimmy. was pretty unique. <laughs> That's that's not an everyday thing. It's not an everyday no. thing. No. I, I, you know, it's it's funny how we go on, and um, it seems like there are more and more people entering Georgia wrestling who have an expertise in something very specific and very dramatic, really, um, that are now getting involved in wrestling. I mean, you've got a dentist here, and then Gary Lamb, who comes from a strict promotional background and had nothing to do with wrestling. And then you got other players kind of getting in the game who, you know, an attorney of some note who we're hoping to have on the show later on and that kind of thing. I, I find it all very, very fascinating. Um, I mean, what is your take on this? Or has it always been this way and I just haven't realized it? Mm, no, I think this is different. I think this is different. Yeah. Um, it seems like there were more just back in the day, just more like wrestling people, you know. Right. I mean, man, maybe I just wasn't aware of their other skills. I mean, that very well could be too that I just didn't know. But um, seems seems like a change. Yeah, it does, and um, uh, really a change for the better. I'm a I'm a big fan of this thing called the Medici effect, where you bring somebody in from the outside to a business or a collective. And their experience is completely different. So you be you you know if you're if you're Microsoft or you're Google, you don't hire a computer tech geek. You hire a puppeteer, or you hire somebody who's really really great at something that seemingly has nothing to do with your thing. And because they right. have such a different viewpoint on what you do, it contributes greatly to what you do. And you just kind of you you benefit from their knowledge instead of there being a thing of like, what can you bring to us, which is the thing that employers always asked back in the day. Right. What can you do for us? Why should we hire you now? It's now it's like they're recruiting people who have very different experiences, but just happen to be the top in their field of whatever that field is and figuring we can teach you enough about our business. But we want to see how you can change the sort of paradigms of how things work. And I think we're seeing that a lot in pro wrestling. I mean, Gary Lamb has changed the promotion game. And, uh, you know, I I mean, how great is it? I remember Doc Gayton, for example, right, because he's, of course, one of the premier eye doctors in the world, really. And he used to – I remember they booked Austin Creed, a.k.a. Xavier Woods. They booked him for like a 10-show appearance. Um, which he didn't get paid for per se, but he did LASIK eye surgery um, right. to fix his eyes so he didn't need to wear glasses anymore. And I mean, I that, forgot that, about you that. Know, yeah. A tr- there's, there's, yeah, there's there's a precedent. Yeah, he did. He, several guys got eyes work done by yeah. Dr. Gaten down there. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot all about that. Yeah, that was a, there's a good example of somebody coming in with a specialty. Hey, anything before mm-hmm. we bring uh, Dr. Tom on? I think he's listening. Do you anything you want to say about your MLW experience before we start talking with uh, the good doctor? Well, I, you know, I I despise a wrestling show for the most part. I don't really watch it anymore <laughs> and that kind of thing. And and MLW um, blew me away. I I was really shocked 
at how well put together it was. And I, I kind of put it there at the end of the incredibly long report. If you haven't read it, you go to gwhnewsandnotes.blogspot.com, and it's there. But, um, you know, the, my big takeaways were Priscilla Kelly appearing was a big deal. Obviously, Logan Creed um, being in that main event of the, the Battle Royal and, and being booked so effectively. But really, I, I mean, I would love to say that I, I think Dr. Tom's fingerprints were all over that show it is i would say out of all the bigs and i know this is a big statement they're doing the best balancing act getting the most different kind of flavors in their show and it reminded me of this is going to really like knock your knock your hair back larry it reminded me of an eddie graham type of show in that there were a number of little details that were paid attention to and things that sort of you would find like sort of seeds planted in the beginning that found mm -hmm. fruit later on. And everything was done with the sort of logic in mind. Like I completely understood why they did what they did. Even if it surprised me, I would then look at it through that lens of like, okay, why was it done? And then I would go like, no, no, it's great. And um, yeah, I just thought it was fantastic. So. Well, you know, Court ba Court Bauer, the the guy behind Major League Wrestling, is a um, having listened to him talk on his podcast numerous times. He's a big believer in the circus approach. You got to have all the variety acts in wrestling. He's a big on that, and I I'm not surprised also that there's a, there's a lot of attention being paid to detail there. Um, you know, yeah. based on on and what I know about him and where he comes from. But um, maybe we should bring our guest on. What do you say? Absolutely. Please, Larry, introduce. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he needs no introduction. He's, um, you know, formerly a heavenly body and currently one of the owner's proprietors, along with Glenn Jacobs of the Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy and a consultant or some role. We'll find out exactly what it is with Major League Wrestling. Welcome to the Tipping Point, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for Good afternoon. Today. And thank you for being on. Uh, Dr. Tom, you know, I, I'm let me just, let me just, Yeah, please. Mm -hmm. no, I was going to say, you know, I heard all the glowing uh, reviews about MLW, and, I, and, I really, and, and you wondered how much I was going to take the credit for. Well, I've got to say this. That was only my fourth time being there. And those guys, especially Court Bauer uh, and his crew, his, his uh, agents and, and production people like that, they are the ones to give all the credit to. I my title right now is uh, I saw in the paper it's senior road agent, whatever that means. But what it means is when I get there and we go over our production meeting, once I break loose, I go and I give forearms to to half the crew and I chop them and uh, you know just to get them loosened up and we and we have fun back there. At least I have fun back there, but. Um, yeah, those little details you're talking about, that's a Court Bauer production. That's a Court Bauer uh, mindstorm. He'll, he'll take suggestions. I've, I found that out. But, but yeah, those guys really had their stuff together long before I got there, and I'm, I'm just happy they invited me on because it really is a good crew. It's a good group of people. And um, somehow, and I'm not sure how, because there's chaos at every wrestling show, as you guys are well aware of. But somehow, yeah. through the chaos <laughs> and the muck and the murk, and and I don't want to do this. Well, he doesn't want to do that. And let me go talk to court. It it all gets done the way it needs to get done. So, 
uh, MLW, is, is, so far that I've been a part of it, has been a great company and uh, a pleasure to work with. It seems like I, I recently, uh, Dr. Tom, I recently did, um, I have like a, a thing on YouTube once a week, and the commentary is the part that everybody listens for, because that's where I'm going to go off about something or whatever. And this one, I was inspired by MLW, and I did this speech called The Adult in the Room. And I said there's promotions that have adults in the room to basically tell guys no or to make sure, sure the important things get done. And MLW really inspired that for me, because I'd, I'd been to a number of wrestling shows. I, you know, I pay attention to what everybody's doing. And MLW to me, uh, I mean, I could just tell from the guys that I was there to see who were making their debut and things like that. And uh, I mean, down the line, they were like, you know, they told me what was going on. You know, we were having discussions about this, that, or the other. I just, just small things like noticing, all right, if they had a big, huge thing happen, they would always give the audience time to breathe afterwards. And I go to, I, when I used to go to a lot of shows in Florida, that's a very smart, savvy, obnoxiously so crowd. And promotions tend to not do very well there. Um, but MLW, I mean, that place was packed. It was, they were excited. It was an incredibly long day for everybody, especially you guys. But yet, it always seemed like the energy maintained. I mean, what do you attribute that to? Because a lot of promotions are having trouble with morale right now, but MLW is not, clearly. Uh, I don't know if it's clearly. I think that a lot of things happened that nobody was hmm. privy to. Are you talking about the one at the Gilt uh, nightclub in yeah. Orlando, the recent one, right? Yeah. Well, yes, there, there were a lot of things going on, and, and I'm glad that nobody picked up on it. I mean, if you watched the tag match between Davey Boyce Jr. and Brian Pillman Jr. against Contra, yeah. uh, you'll you'll notice little breaks in the action that should have followed up by heat or should have followed up in a, in a different manner than they did. Let's just say so. Yeah. When those things happen, those are those are aware. I guess we're more aware of it than than uh, of course the crowd would be, but. There, I don't think anything ever runs perfect, but they had just come off the Chicago pay-per-view, and everybody was on a high. And I think this show uh, uh, didn't deliver like everyone thought it should have delivered. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you got thought it was a great show because it, it was mm-hmm. it was a very good show. There were elements in it that could have been a lot better. Teddy Hart being burned, one of them. Uh, the Pillman yeah. tag match, another, you know, and, and that's uh, what part of my duty is. Savio Vega is a agent as well, and he's also talent. But our job is to not only critique the matches and, and tell the guys what they need to do, but our job is to instill confidence and get these guys to where they believe not only in themselves, but what they're doing in the ring uh, for the match, and that's not always easy, but we try to we we try to do it in a way. Again, I believe my first belief is you should have fun doing this, and you should think shoot yeah. but work. Well, we we my when I first came in, uh, my first day in Dallas did not go well at all. I mean, I thought it was disaster, but <laughs> lo and behold. Uh, the next two weeks, they called me back and said, hey, you ready for your travel for uh, uh, wherever it was? Anyway, um, 
the the main thing with any promotion, your guys have to believe in you. You have to have a crew that believes you know what you're doing. You, the, and the promoter, this in this instance, is Court Bauer. Uh, I, I think he has an ear for everyone. He, he makes time for everyone. And uh, MSL also makes time for everyone. So I, I when I saw that and I kind of picked up on the culture backstage, I mean, you got some really great guys back there. You you got the Contra. You have the Heart Dynasty uh, or the Heart Foundation, excuse me, and you have the Dynasty right off the bat. Those are guys who really want it and understand what the business is supposed to be about and uh, know how to tell a story. They just, at times, need to be guided. And uh, it's not brain surgery or rocket surgery by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. So um, it, it's just a matter of going out and, and performing and making that connection with uh, your audience. And nine times out of ten, I believe they do. So, but but if you if you're asking me what what the secret to that is, I don't know. All I know is to go in and uh, try and loosen up, and and once it's time to talk business, then we talk business. But then I'll give them a chop or a big forearm to the back, and and we're gone. So, <laughs> I'll, and even times I'll come in and just kick them in the gut. I mean, I'm working, but I'm thinking, shoot. And that the the reason again, I do that at the school too. Just just messing around, mm. playing around. I, I am serious about when we train. But when somebody messes up, instead of berating them and hitting them over the head with a baseball bat, I'll pick them up and I'll give them a working chop. It's not a chop chop. I mean, I, I barely touch the guys. But it's the approach. It's the manner. And um, it's the connection with, with not only my students at school, but the crew we're working with MLW. They have to know. And they have to believe in you so they can believe in themselves. Because yeah. I tell them all the time, you can do it if you believe you can do it. So that's what I attribute the success to MLW. Nice. Larry, please. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I know that uh, from listening to some of the wisdom you were imparting backstage when I saw you at the Georgia premiere show out in Canton, that you're a big believer in uh character development and uniqueness of character. Could you, you know, share a little bit of your thoughts on that topic? I, you have to be real. You have to think, shoot, and work, definitely. But uh, you, you have to not play a part. You can portray a part. I don't like the word character so much, but you have to really believe. If you are a uh, Samoan killing machine, mm-hmm. and you're five and you're five foot nine, and you happen to be from uh, you know uh, Corinth, Georgia, or wherever it may be, and you, <laughs> you was raised on the farm and you talk like this, you ain't gonna be a very good Samoan killing machine. But you know, if you were raised in L.A. or raised in Frisco or raised by Samoans, and you are Samoan, and you grow up and you look like a Samoan, and you look like a killing machine, aka Jacob Fatu. Well, yeah. Then I'm I'm more convinced. You have to believe it to make anybody else believe it too. I remember the first time I saw Awesome Kong. She didn't talk. I didn't know anything about her. Just saw her on TV. Then she came to work for us at WWE, and I met her. And what a great person she is! What a great lady she is! And I thought, my God, she came across like a killer. 
on TV. I knew nothing about her, and there was that element of danger that I saw with her, knowing it's a yes. word, getting it, and understanding it. But those are the ones, those are the people, those are the performers uh, who are portraying a character who they are, who they can transform to, and be, whether it's 15 minutes or an hour. And I think you need to start thinking about who you are uh, the minute you leave your house. And uh, one of the things, real quick, a story Dusty Rhodes told me many, many years ago, and I think it's in Terry Funk's book. Uh, Terry cut an interview from Texas saying he's going to put an end to Dusty Rhodes' career. He's going to bury Dusty Rhodes' career. He's going to die or whatever it was. And he said Terry went and got a tombstone and carried it with him through the airport in Amarillo, bought a ticket for the tombstone, put it in the seat next to him, all the people were looking at him. They know who he is. He walks through the Tampa airport with his tombstone, got people talking. I mean, I know this is in the 70s, but it's it's the point is still there. He believed he was this goofy cowboy from Texas, and by God, he was. He knew how to turn up the volume, but he was a goofy cowboy in the slyest sense of the word. He was not stupid. He was not goofy but he was and he was entertaining when he needed to be and he understood how to get that across a lot of these guys today are playing a part playing yeah. a character not not being they're playing wrestler what am i supposed to be am i supposed what am I, well that wasn't what my character would do well you know and i had one of the kids not too long ago you know we just started in january and this kid graduated first class and came out you want so bad to be a pro athlete, but he doesn't put in the work. He puts in the work in the gym. That's great. But I had him booked on, on one of his first matches, and he says, well, I want to make sure I get my signature move in. And I looked at him. I said, brother, this is your first match. You don't have a signature move. Your signature <laughs> move in this match. Yeah, your signature move in this match will be looking up at the lights. You have to understand that. And he couldn't understand that. Even after all I've told them and after all I've said for 16 weeks, some people just, it doesn't register because they don't understand the basics and fundamentals of this business are still blocking and tackling. You're trying to get the ball over the fence. Those are the basic and fundamentals of what we do. So, uh, yes, it's a different style than when I broke in. Yes, the crowds are different. Yes, we live in a different world. But we're still telling stories. You still have to have a connection with the audience. You still have to feel it for them to feel it. If it's real, then the people will feel it. So uh, that's what I think about character so much and character development. You know, Bray Wyatt, perfect example. Husky Harris. Couldn't be farther from the truth with Husky (laughs) Harris. But I knew young Bray Wyatt before he, he became Husky, and I knew, knew him before he became Bray Wyatt. And I saw more Bray Wyatt in him than I did Husky Harris, of course. And it's because he knows how to go off in that realm. He knows how to go off in that in that vicinity of the planet where nobody else will venture because it's a little too dark and scary for him. But he knows. He reads. He studies. He's looked at movies. He's He's told me about things. I mean, I've known things, and I've, we've shared uh, we've shared examples, and we've shared intelligence, so to speak. But this guy has told me about some of the strangest, weirdest movies and books 
and then I go check them out, and I see where they're coming from because they're coming from a, from a place that not too many people can get or can understand or even want to get or even want to understand. But once you present it in a way where you can communicate and connect as he did with the fireflies and, and whatever it was with the lantern, who knew? You know, who yeah. knew? Nobody could tell. So, and the same thing with guys like Austin Rock and Hunter and, and Sean. They just, they had that that magic that connected with the audience, and they were characters, so to speak, and they were um, this larger-than-life persona. But who they really were was just their personality with the volume turned up, and they knew how to channel that where people would get into it. Absolutely. Um, Tom, what what do you you know you alluded to the you know <laughs> that the wrestling business and the world has changed dramatically, of course, over the last you know ten, twenty, thirty years. What do you like about the way it's different, and what don't you like about the way pro wrestling is different these, these days compared to when you came up? Uh, well, I do like the fact that the guys are smarter. I like the fact that the guys are mm. uh, taking taking better care of themselves. Uh, it's not so much a Wild West, here we are, cowboys shooting, <laughs> going to one from one town to another and, and raping and pillaging along the way. And I don't mean raping and pillaging <laughs> along the way. I just say that. I use that as, a, as an example, like being a pirate. You would come in, in the town, you'd do your, your stuff and leave. Um, that was a lot of fun because it was like being in the wild, wild west, but it was a lot, there was a lot of danger associated with that. You know, you'd be in a car with guys and uh, you make a two hour, three hour car ride sometimes, which really isn't that long compared to some. But, um, you know, when you're young, you're susceptible to a lot of the vices and uh, things that go on. In the road, it was the entertainment business. It's always been the entertainment business, and you'd run across people who say, who who were who were eccentric, and do eccentric things. And some people fell into that trap, and some people stayed away from it. But um, today, you know, the guys are taking much better care of themselves. It's not so uh, up and down the road, wild and crazy, and let's throw a party over here because. I think a lot of it that changed was cell phones and cameras everywhere too. Yeah, uh, you know everybody has to be able to be be a little more discreet. Some are and some aren't. But I, I do appreciate the fact that the guys are taking better care of themselves. Their the business has uh, changed. Where events, especially, I, I believe he was in the forefront of this, taking care of uh, the CT scans and um, the tests, the concussion tests, and and making sure the guys were healthy. And I attribute that to the, the developmental system that's evolved into what it is today. So that's a great thing. And, of course, once again, we didn't have a developmental system back then. You just went to a territory and you learned or you didn't. So that that's that's the biggest thing. Um, tell us a little bit about your, um, your school, please. The JPWA, thank you very much. It's uh, We have our website at jpwrestlingacademy.com uh, with all the information about training and how many weeks. We go 12 weeks, and uh, we cover the basics, and we cover the fundamentals. Um, as I said, we started in January of this year, and so far we've been very fortunate because the second weekend, Natty, hey, uh, Bailey, and uh, – Oh, uh, Sasha Banks 
stop by to visit and talk to our guys, talk to our girls. The funny thing was we had three guys or two guys and two girls and they came and uh, they were, they were great. We've had edge. You've had the revival. We've had guys stop by just to, just to get in the ring. Um, So we've also, uh, this past summer, uh, started getting getting these guys booked. Some of our some of our people who, who trained and earned uh, earned an opportunity. So uh, we've been working pretty hard, and we're going to keep going strong in 2020. But yeah. uh, it's located, huh? No, no, it's, I was it's just located, agreeing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's located in uh, located in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is a pretty cool place too. It's Glenn being the Knox County mayor. Uh, you know, he kind of keeps a lot of his time going on, but he comes by once in a while, too. He came by this week. And just check out the class. Just check out the guys. And uh, we do 6 to 10. Uh, actually, we do three to, three, 3 to 6 for the advanced class now because we've had people who completed the 12-week course. Now they want to come back and continue and keep training and stay fresh and stay sharp. So we go from 3 to um 5:45 and at six we start the uh, beginners class. We go from six to ten. That's four hours on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Then on Sunday we do two hours of promo. So uh, I don't know of any other any other school that does four or twenty hours a week, um, so to speak, because it's uh, four four times five is twenty, right? Thank yeah. you. Thank you. My math, my math is good. So I was waiting for affirmation. Anyway, do we do twenty hours of training and then uh, two hours of promo? So, you know that that part was was a selling point too. And I'm the only uh, trainer along with Glenn. We don't have any uh, student trainers or anybody. We, we just pass it off to. We pretty much uh, uh, make sure that we're here, and uh, you know they're they're getting what they pay for. If we say we're going to be here, we say we're doing the training, doing the teaching, then we're going to do it. So. Uh, it, it's been very, very good. It's been challenging at times, but uh, so far it's been pretty steady. We have eight students this go around, which ends December 13th. It's a six a six week course, and we're putting uh, two weeks in the one week, which I think they found out this this is their second week. They found out it ain't so easy, and it didn't look. It's not what it looked mm. like on TV. You know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't just believe in open ring, and I don't believe in just. Uh, uh, we we play sometimes, we do, and we'll let them get on the crash pad and, and and try some things. But I do want them to know the basics and the fundamentals. Your footwork, how to lock up, a, a simple lock up. You'd be surprised how many people don't yeah. understand it. But in in and what side we're working on, and and the little things, the simple reversals, the the simple things that if you watch a match today and we have you'll see they do the very the very thing that we do from an up and over to a drop toe hole to a headlock to floating over in the front face lock and i've showed it to them and they look and they go oh my god we never realized this so that's that's where we're at and we're again uh been very very fortunate Uh, some of our guys next week or not next week i'm sorry the end of the month uh in the november and then next week in December, are going down for some raw extras. So uh, it, it's it's been yeah, it's been very very cool for us, and uh, very proud of everybody that's gotten the opportunity. And 
we're going to continue. I mean, this this thing is rolling. We know it's going to be. Uh, it, it can be, as I said, challenging at times, but it's well worth it in the end when you see these guys finally, uh, where the light comes on, and they get it. And that happened with us uh, the first session where we had a girl who had never watched wrestling, but she watched <laughs> Total Divas. Well, wow! Because of Total Divas, yeah, because of Total Divas, she wanted to try this wrestling because, of course, the mayor, the Knox County mayor, was opening this new school. He had just got elected, and you know, the mayor's opening a wrestling school with the Rock's trainer. Yeah. Now, you have to read the story to find my name, but it was Mayor Jacobs and the Rock's trainer <laughs> opening the school, <laughs> which is fine, man. I mean, I'll take that any day of the week. And they came. But but she didn't know anything about wrestling. And when I showed her a match on uh, YouTube, we were watching. And I think it was, uh, I, I believe it might have been Dusty and Superstar Billy Graham from Madison Square Garden because I wanted to see if she wanted to watch the glitz or if she wanted to watch wrestling like we get in the South with NWA. And I showed her this one first, and she she didn't look too interested. And I said, uh, is this something you would watch if you were turning the channel? She goes, I don't know. Well, how does it end? And I said, what? <laughs> so well, wh- when does it end? I said, um, when one guy pins the other guy's shoulders to the mat. And she looked at me and says, what do you mean? Wow. Well, okay. Yeah, there. that's where I was at. And that's where she was at. And this was like three weeks in. So anyway, lo and behold, eventually she she got better, and she enjoys the performing aspect of this. Um, it's just not something that comes natural. But some performers uh, aren't naturals and and still make it. So you know we we've we've had the good, bad, and the ugly in here <laughs> in in the last eleven months. So yeah. <laughs> It's, well, it's been let's, yeah. let's focus on the good for Go a second. I mean, I see. I know some of your guys, have, uh, your uh, trainees, have made it down into Georgia for some bookings. I believe uh, Kenzie Page is one of yours, isn't she? Yes, she is. She was in the first class. She's she's doing very well. She's seventeen. Uh, last year in high school. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, I remember what I was like at seventeen. Again, it's a different world, different age. But I also didn't have a cell phone and. Uh, I was, I didn't have a lot of things, but um, once again, she she wrestles on a regular basis. She's been wrestling since she was 14, so she wasn't just brand new when she came to us. Mm. But we did polish her up and uh, gave her some some more confidence. And I think really, the main ingredient when anybody steps into a ring is confidence. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe you know what you're doing, even if you don't. You have to pretend. You have to. Exude that confidence, and you've got to um, you've got to be in that moment. And I think that's one of the big things we've helped her with, at especially at such a young age, is to believe in herself. And um, that can go one of two ways, obviously. So surely she's going to use it for the positive and uh, get better. I see that she's already gotten uh, a lot better. But the and the only way you're really going to make any leeway in this business is by actually going in the ring and doing it. There's no substitute. It's just like any live performance, stand-up comedy. You you can tell jokes all day long in an empty room, 
uh, but you don't know if they work unless you stand up and do them in front of a live audience. Same thing with this. You you can try things all day long in the gym, and boy, that have a corona sure look great. Yeah. Hey, give me a toupee with that, would you? And a side of beans. <laughs> so, you know, uh, they, they they may look great to you, and they may look great to the people that are watching you, but then you got to get out there with a the real critical eye, like you said, that snarky crowd in Orlando. Uh, you know, that was good and bad, because you're right, everything, <laughs> there was a time there was some silence, and, uh, you know, everybody gets nervous at that. Instead of just, okay, stop for a minute, relax. Let's, let's, let's get yeah. into it and how are we going to do this, you know? So, and that just comes with ex- experience. We can talk about and tell about experience all day long, but you really just can't teach it. You have to do it. Is there anybody that's come through that you just said, boy, you just knew this person's really got it for pro wrestling? No, not yet. No, there's nobody that have said this person's really got it when I first saw him. I, I mm-hmm. did see a couple where I said this person has something, and we just need to get it out of them because the way they look, the way they talk, the way they walk. Uh, if we can just direct them to to the confidence level and to what they need to do. Everybody rushes when they start. You need to slow down, take your time, relax, own the room. You don't know how to do that right off the bat if you've never done it. Um, well, that's with anything, I guess. If you've never done it, you don't know how to do it. But this is especially unique because you don't know who you're, who you're going to be playing to that night. You don't know who's going to come watch you. And that's what I tell them every night you, or every, yeah, every training session. You don't know who's going to walk in that building. You don't know if it's going to be a fan. You don't know if it's going to be the brother of a talent scout. You don't know if it's going to be a talent scout who walks in that building, and you don't know they're there. And you are, you go out, and you have a horrible match. Um, don't. <laughs> don't. Don't try something that you're not confident at doing. You, you, don't try something unless you've worked on it and you've got it down. Stay yeah. with the basics. Tell a story with the basics. You don't – it's not how much you do. It's how you do what you do. And if you go Amen. out there and you try it, yeah, you do try it. You try all these fancy moves that you see in your head as, as looking great. You know, I remember Dustin Rhodes doing a crossbody. I think it was an off-flare or Harley. Uh, in, in the, I think it might have been Harley. Or I don't know, either way. But he did this crossbody, and I could see in his mind, he could see him floating through the air like a grid of, grid of ease. <laughs> but it, but it kind of half-assed did the, you know, the crossbody, and it looked like it looked. But, I mean, it was it, – it still got over because he was the American dream. That's a perfect example. You know, dream could work, but he didn't have to do all this stuff because of what and how he did it, and he let it breathe. And – and and everybody took it in, and they understood the story, and they understood what, what was going going down. It was Superstar Billy Graham and Dusty Rhodes, or as Pac Song, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. You know, whoever he walked in the ring with, he knew how to get the most out of them, and he knew what his limitations were and how to how to give them the most. All he had to do was do the elbow. All he had to do was threaten. That's all he had to do. Could he do more? Of course he could. I saw Dusty in his younger days. He was quick. He was exciting. But when he got to be the American dream, that was different. That's when he was yeah. throwing money and everybody really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, um, Dr. just yeah. just along those lines, I saw Dusty in the AWA when he was really young, and boy, could he move at his size. He was yeah, he was something he else. really could. Another guy, real quick, uh, I know we don't have a lot of time, but in the AWA who could move and was a great wrestler even before he became champion was Vern Gagne. I've seen matches of Vern when he was young and had hair, and he could move, and his body language told a story, and uh, there was no wasted motion. So when we say all these things about less is more, and it's all about body language, it's all about how you do what you do and not how much you do, um, nobody gets it until you finally get it. You, we can tell yeah. you all day long, you go, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Teddy Hart, real quick story again. I remember a long time ago, we used to tell him, Teddy, you don't have to do all this stuff. Less is more. And he would say, no, no, more is more. We've got to do more. And then he told me when I first saw him back in MLW, he says, you know, I'm 40-something years old now. Now I know what you guys meant when you said less is more. And you, 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 it was too late. I mean, it, it's like, yeah, you, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have all the pains and aches that you do now if you would listen. Maybe you would. I mean, you have to have the suicide dives. You have to have the the, the crazy stuff at times. But as you said earlier, I think Stephen, that uh, it is a circus, man. You have to have the high wire act. You have to have the bears, tigers, lions, yeah. and then you also have to have the, uh, you know, jump through the hoops and stuff like that. So. Dr. Tom, I got to ask before you go. Um, so a lot of your contemporaries, um, of which I guess I'm, I'm slowly creeping into that category as well. <laughs> um, uh, they're, they're angry. They're bitter. Um, they, they don't want anything to do with wrestling or if they do, it's just to basically like throw rocks off of the parapet to crush the newcomers. Um, why, why are you so optimistic? What do you attribute that to? Because, I mean, it, it, it could be very easy to be bitter about how how wrestling is and that kind of thing, but you seem to be the opposite, really. Why is that? Well, yeah, but but why 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 be mad about something that, that's not their fault? The guys wrestling today weren't born when I was born and saw what I saw. I didn't grow up yeah. with what I grew up with. Another story. I one of the matches that I told our guys to watch, and we actually watched with them, was Harley Race versus Terry Funk in Houston, Texas, nineteen seventy-seven. Okay, well, one of the kids, last class, <laughs> I told him to go home and watch it. Last class, and he he watched it, and he said, uh, uh, I asked him how, how was it, and he said, I, I, I couldn't get past the first five minutes. I went, really? Yeah, I just I, I didn't get it. So okay, we're gonna watch it, and I told him, and I watched it with him, and I went through every move with him, and explained. I'm not saying we can do this exact match in 2019, but the bottom line is this: the storytelling, the storytelling is what we're looking at. They go back to the same body part. It's not the same hole. It's the same body part, and that's the difference. That's the difference. So, um. You know, I, I don't think I don't think it's anything that's the kids' fault. It's it's their uh, it's their time. Why not give it to them? And uh, yeah. I mean, look, I I I was given a chance, and I was told I would never wrestle. I was told I'd never make it. I was told I was too small. But what? Why crap on somebody else's parade? You know, this is what they want to do. This is their time. This is their style. This is their era. Man, let them have it, but remind them 
it is still blocking and tackling. You're still trying yeah. to cross the goal line. You're still – the game may have changed. Yes, we have to have it faster. You know, the, the, the Major League Baseball makes owns the company that makes the balls. Tell me. Tell yeah. me. They're not making no, – there's more home runs this year than ever. Is that true? I don't even watch Absolutely. baseball, but I, re, I hear them mm-hmm. reading the news. Okay, fans want action. Without fans coming to the games or coming to the matches, there is no games and there is no matches. Okay, and I can say are. There are no games. There are no matches, but I want to say is. <laughs> but the, the, the point is, it is the entertainment business. You rely on people paying to come out to see you. And why would anybody pay? to come out and see you, and you have to ask yourself that question. Is it oversaturated today? Maybe so, but there's never been more choices for people to choose from where you can watch this, you can watch that, you can go here, you can go there, whichever you want to do. And why not? Why not? I still believe professional wrestling is the greatest improv uh, business in the world if you let it be improv. The problem is everybody wants to call everything in the back and they have to have all these spots and they don't know how to go from point A to point F if if point C messes up. They don't know how to get to the rest of it. So the the thing is you have to learn how to tell a story in the ring. You have to learn how to call it. You have to learn how to feel this. And it's nobody's fault because there's nobody else around that can teach them uh, in the ring, which is really the right way. You have somebody lead you in the ring. So, I, I can't be mad at him. I can't go in there and just tell him, oh, this is, this is terrible. It's horrible. Oh, my God, you can't work. Oh, my. No, wait a minute, man. Let me give you a different idea. Let me give you a suggestion. Let me tell you what I would do. Let me tell you what you might might try, and it might be old, but what's old will be new again because they haven't seen it in over 30 years. So it may work. It may not. But try it. Try a bunch of stuff and keep what works. And that's the only way you're going to be successful, and it's, uh, the only way I can approach it and not be angry about it. There's things I, I don't like about the business today, things I don't care for, but I still love the the fundamental premise of the business. We're going in yeah. a ring. We're going in and performing. There should be mystique to it. There should be an aura about it that you are different than the regular bear. You ain't no average bear. You are different by just by the fact that you're stepping in a ring and you're doing what you do. If you get good at it and you get great at it, you can make money. But it shouldn't be about the money first. You have to go for the love and the passion. And I I enjoy passing that on. I enjoy helping people uh, who want to get into it. And I enjoy helping the ones who really get it. I enjoy the ones who want to get it. And and we'll take your advice and decipher it and use what they want and discard what they don't. And that doesn't offend me at all. I'm happy they can make their yeah. own decisions and fall on their face if they don't. Or if, they, if it works, and they stand up and say, hey, it worked. Wow. Well, Larry, this please. has been fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time and imparting some wisdom to us. Yeah, cool, man. I appreciate it. And Anything else you want to do? Well, I was going to say, you know, um, I like... 
MLW was a really unique experience for me because, I mean, I used to run a school and a promotion in Georgia, and now I just kind of talk about all the stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, it drew me into being a fan. I think people read that review and went, God, they really, you really enjoyed it. <laughs> and they were shocked. And I was like, I did. I did. I really enjoyed it. And it was really great to see, you know, Priscilla and, and Logan Creed and, you know, and men fences with guys that I got into it with before. And uh, it was just a, it was just a pleasure. And like I said, I, I did see your, I know you're, you're, you're being very modest, but I could see your fingerprints on things where I went, you know, I bet that I bet he had a hand in making sure that this thing happened and this made sense and all that. So thank you. Cause it was well, a, they, just they, a really do, pleasurable experience. A, I, I, I'm telling you what, man, they, they really do yeah. have guys there who, who, who are detailed guys and they do have guys there who really go over stuff too. Not that I don't and Savio Vegas there as well. Not that he doesn't, but I mean, yeah. it really is a team effort and it's a, it's a really cool team to be a part of. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to take credit for all of it, but I know the matches I had. Uh, one of them was Priscilla's match, and the other one I think was uh, King King Mo. And, uh, I didn't oh, have dude, I, I, you got to read that review because I was like, that King Mo match, I'm like, that thing could have been a shitstorm, and it was the opposite. I mean, as soon as he took that first bump, I just went, what a great call to have him bump right away. Because as soon as he did, you could see the audience relax, as in like, okay, they're like, he can do this stuff. And then, of course, his opponent, um, Ricky, right, did just, right. it was just, it was masterfully done. It wasn't overly long or anything like that, but there was a story there. You know, Mo had to fight to get his submission. And he had to fight to get it, but then once he got it, you know, it was put over like gangbusters. I just thought, like, that was a great sign of MLW knows what they're doing. There's an adult in the room, and pe- and people are following a plan, and I thought it was very effective. Well, very cool. That's, that's much appreciated, I think, by everybody, because it is it really is a team effort there, man. And, and, and I mean that, because they, everybody wants to make it work, and, and court and MSL, uh, everybody from that production team on down is, is working their butt off to make it work. So I'm glad to be there, man. Glad to be there. Yeah, Check man. out my website, our website for JPWA, jpwrestlingacademy.com. Please, please, please check it out. See what's on there, man. And uh, if you guys are interested, anybody listening, interested in getting in, getting in professional wrestling, um, check it out. Drop us a line. See what we can do. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Anytime. Take care. Well, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, that uh, made a pretty good case. If you want to get some good training, uh, there's the place to go. <laughs> you know, Larry, I was I, I sort of hinted at this in the video. You know, Lance Storm has gotten. You know, he's not. He doesn't run a wrestling school anymore. And I noticed there was a number of promotions or schools in California that were closing or soon to close. And um, it's weird. You would think it feels like there's a wrestling school. You throw a rock and it bounces off four of them. But the opposite is true in terms of quality. And I think he made a very good case that if you're anywhere in the Tennessee area or really want to make a go at this, you know, like the, the best guys that I ever trained – 
were a lot of them weren't Georgia people. They were people who literally moved from somewhere far away. Like they did a lot of research, you know, in this day and age, you can do the research much easier and they moved because they really wanted to make a go of it. Shane Marks being one of them. I mean, he's a Philadelphia guy, but he came down to train with me. And um, uh, I mean, and Dr. Tom, you know, if Elena wanted to be in pro wrestling, first of all, I would have her um, lobotomized. But second, (laughs) I would, um, um, you know, would I send her to Dr. Tom? I think I would. And, I mean, I I can't give a bigger endorsement than that. I really can't. Well, I love the point he made that about – and he just sort of made it in passing that all the all you know all the teaching is done by him. There's not student teachers, and I hear a lot of student teaching being done in in other schools. Um, you know, not that there's a place for that, but I like sure like the idea if I'm paying my money that Dr. Tom's the one doing the teaching. Yeah, and you got the mayor involved, which means you're not going to have a bunch of zoning BS. Like, <laughs> I mean, there is a power to that. I, you know, I got to tell you, Tim Savage um, being a part of PCW helps immensely because he's on the city council. You know, no sudden zoning problems come up, no BS comes up. Every, you know, everything's done in a correct manner. It cannot be understated in this day and age. You know how much that kind of thing matters. How many, well, yeah, how many stories yeah. about people who paid money to a wrestling school and then, you know, they show up a week later and they've packed up and moved out of town. I mean, like that's, <laughs> that's still a real thing in the business that you have to be careful for. Obviously, Dr. Tom and Kane are not going anywhere. So. Right, <laughs> right. Hey, so we actually uh, amazingly have a show booked in advance for two weeks uh, which will be the next show, November 26th, Tuesday yes. night, November 26th. Thanksgiving We've got, week. Yeah. God, unbelievable. Cyrus the Destroyer will join us that night. And mm-hmm. Todd Sexton from wow. Championship Wrestling will be here. So that should be, of course, interesting, given all the things going on there. And they'll be. Um, she's gonna, certainly going to be wanting to talk about their Thanksgiving tournament two nights later. Um, and this this coming weekend is a rather light one around Georgia. The most interesting show is the uh, actually the, to the Parade of Champions that IWE is doing in Augusta. Some pretty oh, wow. interesting matches on that show. Tracer X versus Sean Legacy. Cody Vance versus Logan Creed. Brooklyn yeah. Creed against Matt Sells. I'd really like Matt to see that. Matt Sells! <laughs> yes. It, and a feather in their cap, they're doing the match that Matt Griffin was never really able to conclude the, the program he wanted to do with Aja Pereira and Danny Jordan. Well, that match takes place for IWE Saturday night. And, of course, yeah, it was a great-looking poster, honestly. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, congrats to Danny for uh, her AEW appearance uh, last night. Yes, Danny's uh, showing up on AEW, Priscilla's showing up on MLW. I mean, right. woof, Logan right. Creed obviously making an enormous debut. That's going to show up sometime on MLW Fusion Show at some point. Um, man, it's uh, 2020. I can't imagine what it's going to be, Larry. But, you know, all I know is I'm going to be there with you uh, covering all this crazy shit. So. <laughs> 
And then, uh, you know, last but not least, by the time we get into that first show in December, it'll be time for the award nominations. So, got a lot coming up here. Absolutely. Well, I can't believe we wrapped up this show. Special thanks, of course, to Dr. Tom Pritchard, consummate pro, uh, wrestling's past, wrestling's present, and he's a big part of wrestling's future, and I would say that that puts wrestling in pretty good hands. Anyway, I'm about to pick up my child from school, so for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen (laughs) Platinum. Thank you for joining us for The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.